Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody welcome to your bona fide favorite pop culture podcast culture vulture kia ora, kia ora lucy <laughs> i am out of it today <laughs> yeah love and i were just saying we were just doing our tricky little mic test and producer to the stars ti head butler said how loud do you do you ladies think you're gonna go today and honestly, we were both like, we're feeling pretty quiet. We're feeling quite quiet. We're feeling quite croaky. I don't know yeah. why I'm croaky. Well, just big weekend Just vibes. big weekend. Did a bit of karaoke, to be yeah. honest. Could be that. Very croaky. Very <laughs> croaky. would be very croaky today. Um, but yes, I feel like when you're podcasting and you're not feeling like in yourself, yes. it can be quite vulnerable because it's like, fuck. Like, yeah. Suddenly the mic's on and you're not. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. And usually, you usually you can match the mm. mic coming on. You turn on, yeah. and come to the play. You kind of jolt into yeah. into this realm, and hopefully this will happen to me throughout. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, love. What describes your week this week? What describes my week, and this is probably why I'm feeling out of it and just quite tired, is too many after school activities. Just yeah, after preach. school activity after after school activity. Honestly, I feel like I'm back in like year thirteen of high school when I was like playing two sports and yeah. doing fucking choir and all of this shit. It's like. So Liv and I have found that over the past two weeks, I would say it's really ramped up. Every single mm. night has either been Dungeons and Dragons, band practice, event, or like a friend thing. Yeah, there's been just like the social calendar has been running. Yes. The work calendar has been running times fucking ten. Yeah. And yeah, band practice. I mean, the big day is coming up. I mean, up. band practice has really become a Lucy's, huge part of our life. Lucy's about to fly to Texas. Oh my Honestly. God. Then we're going on a road trip. Yeah, then we're going on a fucking road trip. And then it's going to be Christmas. Yeah. So after school activities have just been packed to the brim. Which has been great and fun and all of the above. But when you're doing something every day, it just really takes its toll. And then people come for the weekend. Yeah. You're hosting. God. Which was amazing, by Which, the way. I mean, but, um, all of this, we shouldn't have to caveat it, but we should, yeah. is a privilege. privilege. Like, we're doing so much fun and cool shit. But it honestly... And when you're writing a morning newsletter as well, oh. I feel like there's a bit of underlying stress that you're just not going to get it done. So lately I've been waking up like anywhere from this morning, it was like 3.45. Oh, Lucy. Because I was just like, I didn't even want to be up. Oh, my no. God. I'm about to cry. Oh, my I God. I didn't even want to be up. And I was just stressed. You're just fucking up and your brain's yeah. like, go, go, go. Yeah. Right, right, right. Nah. And then need, I do. You need a I... fucking break. I know. I know you wrote about it in the newsletter, but we need to tell everyone on Culture Vulture, Mike, Lucy <laughs> needs a break. Oh, look, we got the most gorgeous Culture Vulture response to today's newsletter. Mm, culture Vulture response to today. From a yeah. Culture Vulture listener that was uh-huh. like, 
I hear you and Liv talking all the time about like your mental health and Liv always says you put so much into social interactions and that were just like Liv feels like such a good friend to you. I really feel like you need to have a break because you're giving us too much. And I was just like, these people know us Honestly, so well. That literally is parallel to the conversations that we're having off mic. We went and we did something really cool yeah. um, <laughs> a few days ago and then afterwards we kind of went and had a drink to celebrate and then Ruby just turns to Lucy and is like, You've got to stop. I know. You have just got to stop. Like, I'm saying this as a friend, not a manager. She was like, I don't care about the business. Yeah. You need to stop because you're seeming a little deflated and I know what that leads to. And lo and behold, it leads to a huge fucking cold sore. It leads to, like, not being able to get up and function. Mm. And just, like, a bit of anxiety. Like, coming into the office today, you know, things like that that just... Don't usually make you feel nervous. Fuck yeah. And then suddenly your brain's just like, get me out. Yes. Get me away. Get me into nature or yes. get me into bed. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> One of the two. So what describes my week kind of very similar to live, but it's actually um, a quote from one of my favourite movies ever. The movie is, this is niche, pop star, never stop, never stopping. <laughs> Which I've still never seen, oh even God. though you talk about it all the time because it's the most stupid <laughs> title I've ever heard. Have you seen this movie? Oh my god. So I am like the biggest Lonely Island, biggest Andy Samberg fan. Like you know me, everyone. It it checks out that that is who I'm really into. And so he's in this amazing movie, Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. Also go watch Hot Rod. I don't know why these movies don't become huge hits, but who cares? I love them. Anyway, one of the lines is the higher you get, the harder you fall ask any coconut and I'm just like I remember when I first heard it I wrote it in my notes app and today when I was trying to figure out what to describe my week I was like so Liv and I did the biggest thing in our careers probably and maybe we won't even surpass it just the coolest thing for us on Friday and we'd just gone to watch like the Billie Eilish concert like we had been doing some amazing shit and then the weekend, if you looked at me in the weekend, I, I looked like shit. I felt like shit. Like, you would have no idea that I was living this, like, amazing life of doing you these really cool things. You did not look like shit. You had that pink coat on. You were looking fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you. I was obliged to say that. But honestly, um, so it was like, the higher you go, the harder you fall. And so... Yeah, then I knew this was coming because mm. me and Ruby had a meeting on Friday and I started talking about, um, oh my God, it's going to happen again, this little boy that I went on a school trip once with my little brother's class and he was like, no one would play with him in the Sanford. And I was trying to tell the story and I just got so upset about it like I am right now. And I just was like, I know I'm about to head for a breakdown. Yeah, because, like, when like the kind of small things yeah. just start really <laughs> getting at you. And then, like, does, does this have a sadder ending? Except no, no one it was just like, oh. someone, it was just like this boy was, was I knew he was going to grow up to be so cool. And I was just watching him in the sand pit and like, no one would interact with him. And it just, like, made me so sad. And I was just thinking about it, like, what the fuck? Why am I, one, why am I telling this story? And two, why am I crying? Why did they come up with the She was talking about, like, raising kids. 
And I was like, oh, I just wouldn't be able to watch them get bullied. Oh, and then, oh, there was one good eye raised once. And, no and then, oh my God, in the weekend, I was just on TikTok. Mm. And there was this woman and she'd just left her job. And someone had left a comment being like, you know, like they probably find you replaceable because you're really ugly. And then she got on. She was like, I've been called ugly my whole life. Like, I'm used to this. And I was just like, why are people being so mean? And I was just feeling so sensitive. I just laid in my bed and cried that this woman had been called ugly online. (laughs) And it all comes down. I'm going through a really hard time of year for me, everyone. I lost my little brother a few years ago, and it was really fucked up. And so when I... Cute to this time of year, I have lots of underlying things. Totally, and, and it just is all... It's coincided it's with a really hitting. busy Oh, God, yeah, it's all Ugh. so fucking overwhelming, <laughs> and I just don't know no. how to help no. you. But no, I can help, you. and I have lots of things that I need to do for work, and usually that helps, And but then I think, like... I'm going to Texas on this day. I know, and there's just been so many highs that actually can be just too overwhelming. Oh, my God. Just so, like... Just so much shit happening right now, and it's like your brain is literally begging for you to just, like, take a full week off. Just, like... And then you feel like you just should. Yeah, but... Anyway. You can. (laughs) But you can. We've given you permission. So I I sort of am. Mm. Anyway. I had briefed both Liv and I that I might cry at the beginning of this pod, but I don't think I'll be crying anymore because we're talking about something very low stakes today. We're talking about fucking nepotism babies. We are. We just thought we'd kind of like pull this topic out of obscurity. (laughs) Now, it has been, it has kind of been trending, especially with (laughs) Maud Apatow. I think that is what's brought this whole conversation back into the public kind of consciousness is that she was in euphoria and then people were kind of like, didn't realise that she was a nepotism baby. She's the um, daughter of Judd Apatow, who's yes. like this big Now, producer. Apatow or Apatow? Oh, I don't know. Koto, Koto. Don't know or don't now? No. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, she's like one of the nepotism babies that we love to love. I feel like yes. there's also a lot that we love to hate. Yeah. Yeah. So... Hold tight for that <laughs> so chat. Hold tight. Because first because, I have a naughty or nice to do. Yeah. And this is an interesting one. So this is actually brought on by um, someone that responded to a segment I wrote in the morning newsletter. It's about AI-generated art. Oh God, now I'm going to cry. No, which Liv and I have talked about at length. And I feel like we had a very natural gut reaction when mm. we talked about it. And it is still my... Particularly for practical matters, still my gut reaction. But I am really like trying always to change my opinion or learn mm. more. Like you know, when you're, Be when you're minded more information, Fuck like yeah. actually take it on and listen. And this um, person wrote in response to a story that I wrote about about how a digital artist won a contest in a state fair for emerging digital artists. Um, for something he created on Mid Journey, which is like Dali 2. It's an AI generation thing. Um, and so he put in a prompt, or he worked on it for quite a while, um, and created what was actually quite a gorgeous piece of art. And he said that it was made with Mid Journey and it was entered in the digital art sort of contest. And it was just a state fair, so kind of low stakes. Mm. But the New York Times ran a piece about it and 
God, imagine that. Imagine like suddenly getting picked up at the State Fair. I know. Times. And he was like, I told them that it was made on mid journey. Like, anyway. And some artists were really pissed off about this, and some artists were like, no, the same thing happened with the birth of photography mm-hmm. like no one saw it as an art and then it came and it actually spawned a whole new like a whole new realm of art it Absolutely. was meant to be just a sort of practical thing and so and some people were saying well it's the same as using like photoshop and again it's not pati- well I'm not an artist but to me there are differences um Liv is an artist which is why I love bringing stuff like this to you But uh, the response that I got, I just want to read out because it touched on points that I hadn't really, either I hadn't thought about or I hadn't, I was so, like, proud, or not proud, but I was so, like, on our original I hate this thing Mm. um, vibe that I probably didn't give much time to. So this person um, who wrote it is an architect and a writer and I think a playwright as well. So they said... The AI-generated art thing and the resistance to it is super interesting to me. It has so many parallels to the reaction of painters in the 19th century when the camera entered the mainstream. If anything, photography massively sped up innovation in other art forms as hyper-realistic paintings lost their dominance. This led to the rise in abstract art, cubism, dadaism, etc., and yet hyper-realism still definitely exists. Sort of saying, you can have multiple different types. And one can help spawn others. And we also have this other incredible, unbelievably unbelievably dominant medium of photography that has completely changed the shape of culture, art, news, memory globally. No art form is a neutral tool, and all art forms have their limitations and particular methods unique to their medium. Dali, etc., these AI ones, require input, and that input is unique to the person supplying it. This tool is useless without the artist. I don't know that I could get the output that this artist got, and that's what's interesting about it. He also had to use his creative eye to judge which output is good art, and that's a massive skill. It's the same argument that's always made about modern art. But I could have done that. Anyone could do that. Yeah, but you didn't, and you probably couldn't, this person is saying. Like, you train your eye. You yeah. need to be able to take I think you know? when people say, yeah, like, anyone could do that, like, when it comes to abstract art, it's just, like, that just shows that you really don't understand yes. abstract art. Yes, and, like, you haven't concepted it, and you yeah. haven't, like, yeah, exactly. There is also a particular irony in digital artists' reactions to this. Their tools, Photoshop, Illustrator, etc., were similarly resisted in the art world as they developed. The camera, Photoshop, 3D digital modelling, etc., has not destroyed the art world. Side note, capitalism kind of has though, and I don't (laughs) believe AI will either. As a creative, these AI art generators to me are just another tool and quite an exciting one. I am lucky perhaps that my particular craft is not so threatened by this, even though I have seen some super cool architecture concepts and renders coming out of Dali. I, for one, am looking forward to what kind of innovation and new styles, aesthetics, productions come out of this, and I'm excited to see how I can use it to support my particular craft. So I thought this was really interesting because... Obviously, you and I, Mm. and I think this is still really true. Our practical concerns about um, putting some people out of a job. Yeah, I think remain. Yeah, definitely. I like the more I've sat with Dali too, and the more I've thought about it, and like that is so true. And I've you know read up all about 
photography taking in mm. hyper-realistic art forms and things like that. And it's so true, but it's like, you also do have to give some grace to the people. Like, the it's the digital illustrators that it's just, it is scary in terms of work. Like, yeah. that, I think that is definitely really scary. And also just the idea that something can do what you've spent, like, like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours crafting with a push of a button is just like kind of upsetting but I do totally Mm. agree with the fact that it is a new tool and it will be used by artists and they'll have to know what they're doing to actually get something good out of it I think like what they say about the fact that their direct art form isn't threatened yes is like you have to remember that not all artists yes. are the same. And yes, some people will fucking love this because their direct art form isn't threatened. Um, and it will aid in their yeah, work. Yeah, in their work. For but the then part it's that like, maybe they can't do right Yeah, now. but then it's like because you're not the person that these jobs are going to get totally taken over by. Yeah. Um, or potentially. I mean, yeah, I think the more I've sat with it, the more I've been like, yeah, this is so true, like, and the art is only – what stuck with me is, like, the art is really only as good as the person using it for these daily things. Most of them look terrible. Yeah. This one was actually kind of the first good one I've ever seen. Because it takes years and years to train your artistic yeah. eye, like, whether you have a natural kind yeah. of inclination towards it or not. But, yeah, I I find it – I like, it still makes me feel eye. prickly – but I do totally understand it. I guess even with like Photoshop and Illustrator, you know, you can do certain things on Photoshop and Illustrator, but it's always going to be better if you do that by hand. So that's always going to like come out. I guess there's so many different art forms for what even is art. Like, yeah, and then like to you, something that's better by hand, someone else is better is digital. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. It just like totally depends on mm-hmm. what you want. And yeah, that's the thing. Like you can paint on you procreate or like illustrator or whatever but people are still doing proper paintings yeah. and like there's space for both so yeah I think I have much less of an emotional reaction to Dali 2 now that we've properly thought about it um also interesting to think this is my very last point which I've already made interesting to think that like yeah it might not destroy the art world as we kind of we didn't insinuate, but that's how it sort of felt when this first yeah. started coming out. It may broaden it, but then still I think Dali or AI stuff will be like a more lowbrow. Like you can see it and, and it will be like, mm, that was made on Dali or that yeah. was AI. You know, like I, in my heart of hearts, I'm always probably going to always look at it with a little bit of cringe. Yeah, and I think that the main thing is like the value of creatives and like how it can just feel like like you're replaceable. Yeah. And because a lot of people that don't understand art, and there's a lot of people out there that don't understand art, fair enough. Like yeah. if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But it's like, especially in the commercial world, like it's really sad when good art isn't valued yeah. by people that don't understand it. Yes. And then if that is taken over by AI because they don't understand the value of real like you shouldn't be just put into this box of people that understand good art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it sort of like diversifies the world between those that do get it and those that don't get it. And like if it's not quick and easy and simple and low cost, like 
will then art become this niche thing mm. that it actually makes life so much better. I don't know. It's yeah. just... So practical concerns remain for the workforce. Yeah. And Liv and I's brains have been widened far more for yeah, this reader for having sure. sent this And I in. do not think I articulated my... Um, I think you did. I almost well, feel but... like I didn't articulate... I was just reading something out <laughs> and I'm like... Am I even saying this? No, right? no. Okay. We're, we're both great. Anyway, that's, so that's we're it. both. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Great. And now um, we're going to talk about people that don't really have to be great because they are born into families of (laughs) other greats. Nepotism babies. Nepotism babies. So what is a nepotism baby Yeah, is I think where we should start off. Because had you heard this, like this term's kind of new, right? Yeah. Nepotism. Nepotism's not, obviously. But this whole nepotism baby thing on TikTok is like quite the trend. It's like romanticizing nepotism. But Mm. it's also like shitting on nepotism. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. So nepotism is the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs. Yeah. So basically... Oh, it's like me putting Nick on the shit show. Yeah, That's absolutely. Like blatant nepotism. Blatant nepotism is when you know someone, like your parent is a really fucking good pianist and they've got you a job as a pianist in their orchestra or like whatever it is. Or Liv and I going to uni with people from King's College Mm -hmm. who don't have to give a fuck about their grades or their behaviour because their dads work in one of the big four and they have a job outside of it. It Sorry if that's blatant, but that's But that is nepotism. Like, that is nepotism, and nepotism isn't always bad. No. And it's mostly not always good. It's not always bad, but it's mostly bad. It's mostly bad. Um... So this whole kind of like nepo baby thing <laughs> is basically an extension of like we're trying to call it what it is, yeah. I think. Like we're no longer letting these nepo babies yeah. get away with being nepo babies without us saying that they're fucking nepo babies. It's like um, um, when we were talking about Elvis and giving the audience credit for mm. things that they know and can handle. It's like you should be blatant and self-aware that you're using a nepo baby or that you are a nepo baby because – Give us credit for being able to use Wikipedia and finding that shit out. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So let's go through some of the famous nepotism babies because you might not be aware that some are, I mean... Some of your favourite babies might be Some of your favourite babies are nepos. So. What the fuck? What the fuck is this conversation? Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway... (laughs) 
We've already talked about Maud Apatow, or Maud Apatow, to know. Um, she's also got a little sister called Iris who looks very fucking similar. Have you seen? Yeah, and she's really good friends with Olivia Rodrigo. Really good friends with Olivia Rodrigo, and there are some rumours that the song Jealousy, Jealousy is kind of about Iris, but I think that might be people reading into the situation. And I think Iris follows us on Instagram. Right. Nepo well, baby, the lore and like, follow us. <laughs> So we've got Maud Abdo, we've got Zoe Kravitz is another nepotism baby, daughter of Lenny Kravitz, the very famous musician, and Lisa Bonet, who was for a time married to Jason Momo. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Nepo mm. Web. <laughs> and then there's Kate Hudson. She's also a Nepo baby. Matt Healy from 1975. Who are these people's parents? Um, Goldie so- Fawn. Horn? Goldie someone. I, <laughs> I haven't got all of their parents. Oh. Them. <laughs> These are Nepo babies. I don't know who to. <laughs> yeah, so Kate Hudson, her mum is Goldie Horn, who was an actress, singer, dancer. Um, then we have got Matt Healy from the 1975. His mum, I think, was in Coronation Street. What the um, hell? British actors and actresses. Maya Hawke. Yes. Stranger Things, she's kind of a very trending nepotism baby right now, who is the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Yeah. Looks a lot like Uma Thurman. Um, who is Uma Thurman? Uma Thurman is from Pulp Fiction. Oh, I mean, okay. she's from lots of things, but she's... And a Fallout Boy song. Dakota Johnson is probably one of the f- favourite nepotism babies, I would say. Um, I would her- say Maya Hawke. People well, are obsessed with my heart. One of. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We can only have one. We can only have one. We are a zero-sum podcast. Um, her mum is Melanie Griffith, who was in quite a few like 80s movies. Mm. We have also got Dan Levy, who we've talked about before, who's Dan Levy's dad, Lucy. Eugene Levy, Eugene American Levy. Pie vibes. He's yes. also on Shit's Creek. Also... Um, their sister, I think Sarah Levy, is Twyla on Schitt's Creek. So big Nepo show. Interesting. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal is an nepotism baby. His parents were screenwriters. Oh. Apparently. Maybe still are. I don't know. Um, Willow Smith and Jaden Smith, quite obviously Will Smith's Will kids. and Jada. Oh, my God. I just yep. can't get over Willow and Jaden, Will and Jada. I know. I know. I know. Is that narcissistic? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Here <laughs> Um, Lily Collins is Phil Collins' daughter. Yeah, did you not know that? I did not know that. <laughs> I can feel, feel it. <laughs> Nepoing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is going on? Um, Miley Cyrus, very famously Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Well, I have to explain the Nepo baby, which most of these people people have outfamed their Nepo parents. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Billy Ray was riding off Miley's thing from the get-go. Honest to God. And then Kaya Gerber, Cindy Crawford's um, daughter. I always forget that one. Timothy Chalamet is also a nepotism baby, but people are saying, which we will get into later, he's a different tier. Oh, right. (laughs) So his mum is an actress and his dad is quite a famous journalist. Um, so literally like everyone. <laughs> so honestly, all your favourite all the celebs. Nepo yeah. babies. King Princess, Nepo baby. Yeah, all Nepo babies. So people have sort of been talking about 
nepotism babies a lot on TikTok. I think because it's just interesting. Yes. Like, you know, these people, they grow up with these crazy connections and these crazy opportunities and shitloads of money to pay for all of the classes and yes. honing their skills. And But it has come out that, you know, there are different tiers of nepotism babies. So there's a saying that it's like, Parents knowing someone versus parents being someone is very different. So if we take, I think there are a few examples of Timothy Chalamet versus Lily Rose Depp. So obviously Lily Rose Depp's dad is Johnny Depp. Like he's a household name. He's a fucking huge famous celebrity. Like it's obvious her name is Depp, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas with Timothy Chalamet, I think his parents were sort of more in the scene. So like they knew people, like they maybe knew someone like Johnny Depp, right? And then they in turn got their kids lots of opportunities or like their kids were growing up around people that were fucking great at all of these things. So there's quite a difference between those tiers. And (laughs) I think with deciding whether we as the public love a nepotism baby or really hate a nepotism baby, which isn't really fair, but kind of comes down to the these tiers, right? Like whether they it feels like they're just handed it because of their last name or because they mm. have maybe some connections, um, but also whether they are pretty open about their privilege as yeah. a nepotism baby. We hate it when nepotism babies act like they would have gotten the same place in life that they are at yeah. without their parents. Like, yes. I think there you've was... You've got to be self-aware. Oh, you've got to be self-aware. <laughs> I think Kendall Jenner has said in a previous interview or on Keeping Up With The Kardashians or something that being famous actually made it harder to get into the modelling industry and people were like, kind of like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it is really interesting. Like, we love to love some. Yes, we, like, yeah. What, I, what kind of sentiment do you see on TikTok? I see people just being really interested by it. Mm-hmm. I think I think you make a really good point um, when you say that, like, these people, we are all just led to believe that if you're a celebrity, you've just gotten really lucky or you've worked really hard. Mm. But it's like, actually, no. Miley Cyrus wouldn't have landed Hannah Montana had she not, yes, have a good singing voice. But also had her dad be Billy Ray Cyrus. Like, it's just you grow up and you realise no one, and to a way more extent when we're talking about more serious things than Mm -hmm. celebrities and Nepo babies, like, no one is born onto the same level playing field. And with Nepo babies, I'm just – I don't think TikTok's been horrible about them, if I'm going to be honest. I think they're just more like making webs and analysis videos. Right, and there's that whole aspiration thing. Yeah, I find it interesting with nepotism babies and social media because heaps of them have these like beautiful Instagram feeds and they're all gorgeous and Mm. they like are living the high life and whatever. And it's like Instagram is the place for that because that's where we go to compare our lives to Mm. other people and to get aspiration. And I think there's something about like following a nepotism baby where it's like, well, I can't properly compare myself to them because mm. they are the daughter of someone really fucking yeah. famous and I'm not. Yeah. So I think it's that kind of is kind of fucked up, but it's like, oh, I can follow them and be interested in them without having 
that like comparison thing that yes. I do with my friends maybe yeah. on social media. You'd be I like, mean, oh, well, that could have never happened to me. That could have never happened to me because I don't have a fucking Porsche or yeah. like they play, they paid for that nose job or like yes. whatever it is. And it's like, I mean, I don't like to use social media like that at yeah. all, but I know like a lot of people yeah. do. And, and it's actually so true. It's just like with people saying the Kardashians have the perfect bodies or whatever, and then you can see that they've paid to look a certain way in a certain era and then paid to look another way in this new era. Yeah. And it's like if, if you are feeling in a good place with yourself, you can be like, well, I should not compare myself to that because they're literally paying for it. Paying and you for can it. see it. They were born into a very different yeah. life to me, whereas maybe other influencers that were kind of just like your everyday people I yeah. mean what is an everyday person yeah. first of all but that can kind of be a little bit harder because it's like oh fuck like they've done this and they've made this money and they look like this and and yeah I don't know maybe nepotism babies is a way for people to still do that aspiration thing but yeah yeah I don't know but as always with culture vulture it's never as simple as like oh these people are famous that's all there is to the conversation like whenever Lucy and I start researching shit it's just like fuck like <laughs> everything leads down to inequality whether yeah. that be like classism racism sexism like everything all the isms all the isms nepotism nepotism <laughs> And so with nepotism, um, there was actually a really good article in Vox kind of talking about um, privilege and the fact that, as you said before, Lucy, we're all not on even playing fields. And I feel like nepotism babies in Hollywood, what's so interesting about them is that it's exactly what's happening in our everyday life, but it's hyperbolized because they're like the richest of the richest, the most beautiful of the beautiful, the whatever. But, like, nepotism, as we talked about just before, is happening every fucking day, everywhere. It happens, like, us hiring our friends to, like, you know, work at shit you should care about or whatever because we know them, we know they're trustworthy. Like, it happens in lower-income jobs, like, trades or whatever, like, Every work site basically has, oh, yeah, there's my brother, there's my cousin, there's my whatever. This is my uncle's company, like, yeah. Literally. But what it means is that when there's a lot of money at stake, it means, or a lot of opportunities, that that just keeps going to the same pool of people. And then the same pool of people are kind of stuck in wherever they were born into. And so it's all about privilege and all about class. And I think why a lot of people like to disregard nepotism babies is because it's that feeling that like, especially in America, the whole American dream thing is that you can work hard and get places on merit and and how talented you are and all of these things. And nepotism babies blatantly show that that is not the case. Yeah. So then people get really, really angry and frustrated and they want to take away all of their credit, which you can see why yeah. that happens. Nothing should be based on merit. Like, I mean, you're getting a certificate at school. Like, yeah, that should be based on how well you've done. But even when it comes to, like, giving people more places to study at uni that come from certain backgrounds or whatever, it's like, it's because some kids have had refugee parents and so they haven't been able to have the same things that I was afforded as a kid that could always have shoes to go to school in and didn't have to miss days because we couldn't afford fuel. And it's like, you can't base shit on how well you do at school or merit or 
not even at school, just in life. Yeah. Because, because everyone had a different fucking place to start literally, from. Literally, that is the thing that we only seem to just be grasping is that meritocracy, which is very much kind of like the Western society way oh. that, that we think is like fairness, right? But it's Politicians like, are the worst. Yes, literally. It's like it doesn't really fucking exist because if you, yeah, if you went to school but you were fucking hungry because your parents couldn't afford food, you're not going to concentrate and learn, like no matter how hard you try. Hmm. So it's just like then you're not going to get the A plus and then you're not going to get into the good school. And like it, it is so much more complicated than that. And it was interesting because this Vox article really goes into that and the fact that we all have a level of privilege and um, this is a quote from a nepotism baby, one of like the main actors in Jaws, so a really famous American actor called Richard Dreyfus. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, his son became a big journalist, mm-hmm. and he said about being called a nepotism baby, you should find the humor in it more. The humorous way of looking at it is this. The people calling you a nepotism baby on TikTok or whatever are also privileged little babies of modernity. They have microwaves and running water and a long life expectancy, and they have it better than virtually any person who has ever lived on Earth at any previous time, except for you and some other people currently alive. None of us are starting at the bottom. Which is pretty big quote to call because yeah. on one hand, like as we just talked about, yes, like privilege is a huge part of this conversation and a lot of people that are looking into the nepotism babies, including me and Lucy, are very fucking privileged. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you can't say that about everyone because not everyone is privileged. And yeah. so the people that are totally underprivileged then looking at these nepotism babies, like they have a right to be fucking angry. Oh, so true. Even... One that just came to me as you were reading that out is Ronan Farrow, who wrote Catch and Kill, which was basically the, like, book of the Me Too movement. Like, incredibly, incredibly famous, famous book and Mm. author is Woody Allen's son. Yeah. So it's like... Just, like, things that you forget. Literally, and, like, like all of these people crossing over, like, you know, actors having journalists as as children and like it's not just the whole like my mum's a singer Mm. my dad's a singer I'm a singer my daughter's going to be a singer it's not necessarily like that it's like this whole kind of upper class of society is so interwoven but you can see that in your own societies I'm sure you can like as we said like the people that we went to university with and then you see their connections and you see the school they went to and then like the people that we went to school with for a public school just did not have those connections and there's just like no way that the same ratio of people from our school yeah. is going to get into yeah. the jobs that like, they are you can do it you just have to you like can. do way more networking like work a little bit harder to meet these people that you didn't grow up around. Yeah, and we say you can do it. You can do it if you're very slightly less privileged than yeah. they are, but you're still pretty fucking privileged yeah. because your parents... You've gone to uni. You've gone to uni and your parents always had food on the table for you and all of this shit. Like, it's all so complex. But I think that's why we are so obsessed with these nepotism babies is because it reflects the shit that we see in everyday life. It reflects the inequality in our culture. There was an article written in The Atlantic in 2013. So that's like almost a decade ago, which I'm always a bit skeptical of when Mm -hmm. I read these articles because it's like we've come a long way in 10 years or nine years as into how we think about these social issues. But this 
article was literally titled The Big Upside of Hollywood Nepotism. And they were basically arguing that nepotism can be good when someone from a minority background gets into this industry and then their nepotism, they are opening the doors for their kids to then have the same opportunities as all of the people around them that aren't from this minority background. So they were talking about like Jaden Smith and then this is the quote. So every member of a historically excluded group who gets a foothold into the industry opens it up for more members of that group. And nepotism is one way that happens. That's why Jaden Smith's career, no matter how unearned, in quotation marks, is a heartening development, as is the fact that an African-American clan like the Smiths can now get so-called vanity projects like After Earth, that Will Smith is powerful enough to gift wrap movie star roles for his kids is a sign of enhanced minority clout in Hollywood, and that should result in more people of colour in front of and behind the camera. So, like, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I actually hadn't thought about that and, like, the upside to nepotism wasn't even yeah. something that, like, crossed my mind. But then how crazy is it that that was, like, 10 years ago and they're using, like, the Smiths as that one example yeah. of, like, and this being able to happen? And it's like, yeah, but is that outweighing the other nepotism that's happening to keep white people yeah. in these positions? So it's oh, like, and then 10 years later not. we could say, no, it is not leveled yeah. out. Um, but still, such a good point, not a mm. bad thing in that context. Yes. Wow. So, you know, there's just a whole lot of shit. And then, like, another thing that I actually want to talk about one day on Culture Vulture is this whole, like, obsession with talent and then how how we said that some nepotism babies are in favour with the public and some aren't. And a lot of that's to do with, like, people being like, yeah, but they're actually talented. It's like talent and having a really privileged background and not mutually exclusive like these people were able to pay for acting lessons since they were like three years old or whatever they've been around the best actors in the world like that shit makes you a good actor it's not necessarily that you were born with god's gifts acting Mm. talent like i don't know i just find that a really interesting conversation like obviously some people are born with a much higher aptitude for certain skills than other people and not everyone that would have heaps of money pumped into their acting career would become the world's best the world's best actor but they'll have a way higher chance of it Mm -hmm. so that to me is just really interesting because people seem to talk about talent as though it overrides everything when it comes to nepotism which is ridiculous because talent and hard work and resources they can't be looked at apart I feel yeah like you can have talent lots of people can have talent but if you don't work really fucking hard yeah then you're not gonna like make the most of it or get anywhere with your it's a privilege to be able to use your talent as your job and most people can't do that absolutely and like where does the talent begin and the money that's been pumped into you getting Mm. taught all of these things and like that's just a really interesting conversation to me just to be the devil's advocate Mm. how much would it suck to be a nepo baby that was also like a protege and then to have like yeah done all this amazing and then just being like, no, you got and all of that because And people were disregarded it because, yeah, and, like, that happens, right? All the I time. mean, it might happen, but I'm actually not here to give the benefit of the doubt no. to the Nepo babies. I know, and then there's the nepotism babies that don't really seem to be doing anything, but they're still famous, kind of like Brooklyn Beckham saying he's a chef. Oh, yeah. And, like, that 
that whole conversation and then it's like there's some people actually like becoming fucking like directors and film writers and an amazing amazing yeah. like people that are creating incredible art <laughs> and then they're getting slated for being a nepotism baby and then it's like Brooklyn Beckham like making a fucking bacon sandwich on air <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, saying yeah I'm a chef yeah I'm a chef well and I mean he did get there on his own he got to his chef status on his yeah. own so good on him is that all we've got on Nepo Babies? That's pretty much it. I mean, we just shoved a whole lot into the conclusion just then. I, I mean, there's also this combo and this combo and this combo. And we did we what our do. English teachers would have said. Shut the Never, fuck up. ever, ever to do. But um, there we go. But we've done it because we are the masters of our own shit. We are. And because we like to keep these conversations open so then we can continue to talk about True. it later on down the line. Or in the Culture Vulture newsletter. Yes. Um, Liv, what's on your radar, Dar? What's on my radar is... Kiwi singer Marlon Williams' new album, Slay. My Boy. What? My Boy. Sorry, I talked about you and then I was like, Slay. It's called Slay. No, it's called My Boy. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm cool. excited. Aww. He's a really good artist. Yeah. Yeah. How cool. about you, Liz? Um, Obviously, Don't Worry Darling. Yes. And My Policeman. Yes. Two. Did you see the new trailer for My Policeman? I did. Oh, you put it in the newsletter? Um, yes, I did. Yes, that's where I would have seen it. And also we have someone um, at the Toronto Film Festival right now watching the premiere who's writing about it in the newsletter. No fucking way. I've seen some people already commenting online saying that Harry's acting was like quite good, oh, in, good. My, in My Policeman and that it was a gorgeous story. Because he was really good in Dunkirk. Yeah, I know, but he had minimal sort of lines. Yeah, true. Maybe so, that's why. I mean, but I did feel like a little bit, a little bit of a sigh of relief when I saw positive yeah. things coming from My Policeman. Obviously, Don't Worry Darling has been just shrouded in all this kind of misogynistic um, bullshit drama and bullshit, but, but Liv and I are going to unpack it all. And people have said that Harry's acting is the weak link. Yes, <laughs> and so... Anyway, we'll watch the movie. We'll come to you with all the facts for mm. that. We're not going to jump in where we don't no. need to be adding fuel God, to the fire. No. And then also, Liv, I'm going to San Francisco this week. And As you do. The night that I get there, no, the night after I get there is a Dermot Kennedy concert. Oh, fuck you know, yeah. Like Dermot Kennedy, one of my favourite artists of all time. Sort of, I'm a bit worried that the Ed Sheeran effect is happening to him, like, because his old stuff touched me deeply. Mm. And now his new stuff, Did I don't it. really listen to <laughs> It was yuck. That was yuck. That was like us saying raw. Like, oh my god. And then also, Liv, I don't think I'm going to make it because we're talking about me um, trying to relax a little bit. But on the night I get there is a Lauv, L A U V, concert. And you know, I also, also sort of the Ed Sheeran effect. Yeah. Like, Older music touched me deeply and newer stuff. <laughs> and newer stuff know. is sort of on the surface. Yeah. But so okay. That would be cool, though. Yeah. That would be very cool. But are we going on my own? It's quite a wee way away from where I'm staying, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Nervous. Look, yeah. Anyway. Um, Exciting, Lots though. on the radar. Very cool. <laughs> and Liv and I have a really cool, I don't even know when it's going to come out, but bonus episode with a very, very cool guest that you can come and listen to. Yeah, soon. we're fucking excited. So fucking excited. Um, as always, thank you to our Dungeon Master, T.I. Butler, um, and you, Liv. And thank you. Thank you for breaking down on Maine. <laughs> About a kid in the same Oh, no. Anyway, we're not gonna, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.